Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Scott Stedman Podcast. Today, we have an exciting show. I'm very passionate about the topic. Um, but before we dive right into our topic and even our weird thing that has happened to us this week, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Micah Current. Micah, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Well, I started my doctorate week, and it's been good. It's been good. How much longer are you having your program? So I have, so technically this is the beginning of year two. So I have fall, okay. spring, summer, and then, and then the following fall, I have my writing seminars. I have two writing seminars. And then after that, I work on my project and turn it in and defend it and get my little piece of paper and get my funny looking hat. So by project, is that your dissertation? Yeah. So, so yeah, so kind of, kind of the difference between getting a PhD and getting like a doctor of ministry is that PhD is more heavy writing and you can only get a PhD where there's actually research libraries. So that's why like a lot of seminaries don't have PhD programs, except for places like Princeton, Duke, Harvard, because they have big theology research libraries. Uh, Doctor of Ministries, you can do a dissertation, but some decide to do more projects because the whole point is that they believe that you have something that you can contribute to the church at large, whether it's to the universal church or to your own denomination. So then you work on a project so you could write like 250 pages or you can like do a small group and lead a small group and try to say, hey, here's something I want to talk about. See if this will be helpful in whatever the topic may be. Hey, I think I have this resource that can really help you guys do this better in church. So let's kind of do an experiment. Let's meet together. Let's do it. And then write like a big 250 page project paper on your findings and everything. So, so yeah, it's still a lot of writing, but you know, you, it's kind of more just me, instead of me sitting in a room, I can just actually be hands-on and do stuff and then write about the experience and have other people comment on the experience too and just take all that data and then write it there. So so maybe even better because I'm just not sitting there reading books all day and trying to rewrite what other people said. I'm actually in the moment doing stuff. So I don't know. I kind of like that better. That's more of my wheelhouse. Well, I just, you know, I started a master's program this fall mm -hmm. and um, Miami offers tuition waivers for its employees. And uh, so I'm taking advantage of that. So um, the program I'm doing is a master's of education uh, and it's a 10 course master's program. It's 30 hours. And this particular program, the reason I did it was because they offer what's called rolling admission, meaning I can take classes in the fall. Uh, Miami offers what's called a winter term spring terms, mm -hmm. summer terms. Um, so I can take classes all year round. And so technically I can, if, you know, I stay to the course, par for the course, right? So mm -hmm. um, I should finish it in a year and a half or two years, depending on the course offerings. Um, all right. But, but man, it's a whole different ball game when you're in your, your mid to late thirties, uh, <laughs> going back to school versus when you were, were 20. And I, I had a conversation with somebody at work, not to get f too far down a rabbit trail, but um, I, it's kind of interesting to think like if you took a decade off from school right out of high school and just went out into the workforce and then did college or higher education versus right after high school and then throwing it into the workforce, I wonder how much more you would appreciate your education if that were the case. Yeah. 
That's true. That's true. I don't know. I, I think I appreciate it more now. And I have friends that were in undergrad with me, for example, that came back to school after taking a break and they appreciated it so much more. And they took it so much more seriously. Yeah. I don't know. It's a interesting topic, but anyway, we're going to talk something about something completely different today. So <laughs> yes. Yes. So we're actually going to be talking about, um, well, before we get there, let's talk about weird things, man. So anything weird happened Stranger this things. week? Stranger Things. Should probably have a little cue title credit. Strange Things. Yes, that could be our like our, our bit. We could do like a TikTok <laughs> channel or something and our bit could be strange things that happened in the church this week. Strange things in ministry. So, um, as I've shared, we talked about transitions in ministry about a month or two ago, and mm-hmm. um, I have uh, taken this assignment recently where I'm the creative arts pastor at a church here in town where we live, and I actually, um, you know, I oversee some volunteers, as we all do as pastors and leaders, um, and I have uh, a young guy underneath me. He does all the tech stuff for this church. He does all our live stream and our slides, lighting, media, sound. Um, and last week on Facebook, I just noticed that he and his family were in Gatlinburg, right? And like, they were posting pictures and it looks like they're having a really good time. And like, I started seeing them on Thursday and some on Friday and some on Saturday. And I'm like, I wonder if they're even here. Like, I wonder if he's going to be here Sunday. And so like, you know, go to bed Saturday and I get up Sunday morning and my wife gets up and I was like, Alicia, I bet you anything he's not going to be there today. And um, if he's not, I'm going to need you to run those slides for me because he usually runs the slides. Yeah. Um, and my wife's pretty good at running slides. So shout out to my wonderful wife who does an amazing job at that. Um, Yay, slides. So, for a presenter for the win. Um, that's an endorsement. Can we get an endorsement, please? Um, I walked in to the sanctuary and nothing was on. And... um. You know, rehearsals at 830. Uh, it's, you know, I usually get there about 745, 8 o'clock, you know, get my stuff set up and make sure everybody's ready to go. And I'm like, I, I bet you anything he's not coming today. And so I <laughs> I don't know how to turn the lights on. I don't know how to turn the sound on. I don't know how to turn the projector on because nobody's showed me any of this stuff. I've only been there a couple mm-hmm. of months, right? I usually just get in there, plug my guitar on, turn my mic on, run rehearsal and lead worship. Right. Like there's yeah. no more, no less. And like the tech side for my role was more social media, marketing, website, you know, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, mm-hmm. all those things. Yeah. I manage those things. Um, so I, I'm like, okay, uh, we're going to have to figure this out on the fly. So I um, walk out and I see the pastors in, um, in the lobby and I'm like, Hey, do you know that, uh, Adam's not here. And he was like, yeah, he was supposed to tell you that. And uh, sure enough, I said, no, no, he didn't tell me. He, he was like, well, it was in one of the group texts. And I'm like, pastor, I'm telling you it's not. And so I pulled my phone out and I showed him the different group texts, like our, our worship thread, staff thread, you know, his, his, his message and my message. And he was like, I guess he didn't tell you. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I nice said how to do some of those things. And uh, so he he walks in with the sanctuary with me and, and, and gets the lights turned on and gets the lighting situated, which is interesting because Pastor John's son 
Josh plays guitar. He plays electric guitar for us. And he, um, he has epilepsy. And so the lights were flickering and stuff. He looked at me. He's like, I can't play if this, this is going to happen. And I'm like, I don't blame you. I'm not going to get, I'm not upset if you can. So thankfully we've got the light situated and we got the, um, you know, we got the slides running and we got everything, you know, rolling. Um, and it was just, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if it's necessarily weird. It was just like, you know, communication, staff expectations, leadership, dropping the mm-hmm. ball, like all those things you're know, running through your head. And I'm like, you know, that, the, you know, he, he, uh, I'm not trying to name drop people, but like he, he, uh, is he keeps stuff very close to the chest and he hasn't shown people how to do things. And he's very kind of like, this is my area of ministry. I don't want to show people. And if I do show people, I don't want them to touch it because they're going to mess it up. Or I, I really don't know what the deal is. I haven't figured out that whole situation yet. However, it was really, really frustrating to me. And then I get flustered because, yeah. Hey, I got, I've got to lead worship in about 45 minutes. And yet, you know, you know, I still have to run a rehearsal in here too. So it was very, very strange that, uh, he didn't tell me and a couple of weeks ago that same volunteer or that same person um you know was hounding me to get the worship set to him for the week and i'm like how is that any different you wait you didn't even tell me (laughs) and then i saw him this morning at the church and he didn't even apologize for not being there and i'm like great so anyway Uh... um that was my strange (laughs) or things story ministries crazy weird ministry store for the week. Um, and Scott, you texted me over the weekend and said that you had a, uh, had a very, very interesting story that you wanted to share with your audience. Yes. So um, I, I am waiting with much anticipation. So, so I'm ready. So I have this buddy. We both grew up in the same church, both kind of took different paths, but both of us ended up doing, ended up doing ministry. And he's a couple years older than I am. So he, he lives out, he's pastoring out in Nebraska um and usually there's times where i'll call i'll check in i'll be like hey man just calling this check see how you're doing you know give me a call usually occasionally i'll get a call like in two or three weeks from him usually i'm super busy so sorry dude like it's okay man I i get it um so occasionally and i think maybe you may do this or maybe you might know but sometimes people post stuff on like social media whether twitter facebook and you just kind of look at it and you go okay there's that you're you, you feel like that there's something underneath it like something like okay some this person must be going through something because you like something tell, super vague but you know that yeah, there's something but you know that there's that. something going on or you kind of sense it it's like almost like a spidey sense almost like a sixth sense where you go okay something's going on Mm-hmm. So I just text him like, Hey man, are you okay? He texts me back. He goes, yeah, I'm fine. Just been, been a rough couple. You know, it's just been a, it's just been a rough couple days. And I go, well, Hey man, I'm here right now. If you want to call me and immediately, he calls me I go, what's going on. And he tells me like, remember when I talked to you like four weeks ago that I was going to have a performance review. I go, yeah. So he tells me this story and I'm like, what the heck? So to kind of move through this very quickly, had an elder meeting and they're going to do his performance review. His first performance view, it was basically like, okay, does anybody have anything they want to say? No. Okay. You're doing a good job. That, that was the performance review. 
And even the pastor's like, yeah, that's not going to fly. There's some other stuff I need to work on, but you know, this can work on later. So goes into the second, his second year going into this thing, expecting kind of the same thing. And it does, it starts off like that. They talk about their business. Then it goes, okay, performance review. Anybody have something to say about pastor? And someone in the meeting goes, I don't think the pastor should be here when we talk about it. So, <laughs> so, so they ask him to leave and he goes, okay. And then the head elder says, okay, you know, we'll, we'll get back with you in like 10 days. So 10 days to sit 10 on days, that? 10 days. So, and then it ends up being longer than that and still hasn't gotten anything back. So finally he messages they going, Hey, what's going on with my performance review. And the whole entire time he's just like, can't sleep, just feels like a wreck. Eventually, the chair and the vice chair come into his office and they go through the performance review and basically say, hey, good review. The only thing we ask is, you know, you know, just this little small thing, like make sure you say hi to people in the morning, like before service starts. That was like the only thing. Okay. And and they go, Do you have do you have so they give the report, glowing review? you know, almost three weeks now, probably that he finally gets this review. And the pastor says, well, thank you so much. However, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be transparent with you. I just felt like these last couple of weeks has been a living hell because I don't know if I was going to get fired or not because I had to wait for this review. And they just kind of said, oh, okay. You know, we're, we're sorry about that. That wasn't our intent. We thought that everything would be fine, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that I think that was like on a Friday or something. Again, don't quote me on this. So then Monday, the next day, he gets an email that's addressed to him and to the vice chair from from the head elder and goes, hey, pastor, I, I, I have some concerns with your feedback from the review. And the pastor at this point is like very confused. He goes, wait, what? So... He's like, okay, so he just sends an email out to, he replies to both of them, says, oh, hey, um, maybe we can get together and talk about it and kind of clear up. He goes, I feel, I, I'm confused right now. Why don't we get together and clear up? And then after he sends the email, 15 minutes later, the vice chair calls him and says, hey, man, he goes, hey, I just want to let you know, I don't know what the head elder's talking about. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what, what, what was the issue or whatnot. And so... The vice chair kind of sent the email to the rest of the team and the rest of the team read it. They're like, okay, well, yeah, we think that what you said was fair and just, so we don't know why there's an issue right now between you saying, hey, please don't drag this out. Like, please let me know as soon as possible about the performance review. Don't drag it out. And that's really all it said that, you know, I just felt like I was worried for all these weeks. And, I, and I'm sitting there listening to this and I start asking questions. I'm like, so the person who asked you to leave the room. Was that the head elder? No, it was someone else. So it was like every time he's telling the story, I had to stop and go, wait a minute, hold on. Are, are you, wait, what? It was one of those things where I had to keep saying, wait, what? It was just so bizarre. So either way, everything's good. The review's great. Probably going to, probably pastor's going to be quickly trying to say, okay, let's rethink about this performance review and try to have something that's a little bit, better and a little bit more polished than 
the last two reviews that we've had, which was like, anybody have anything to say? Nope. Okay, you're doing a good job, kid. <laughs> or, oh, okay, hold on. I'll get back to you in 10 days. And it ends up being like three weeks. <laughs> I hate to laugh at that, but I'm like sitting there going, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, I I would be in the same way. It was like we have a performance review and I had nothing. I'd be looking for jobs. I, I mean, I would too. <laughs> Literally, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to start putting my resume out there because what in the world is this? Here's uh, so, here's my resume. Here's my LinkedIn account. I'm I'm available. What's the thing on LinkedIn? Looking for work. Yeah, looking for work. Like, hey, I'm here. Come here. You know, sit, put it put it on Ministry Connector. Oh nope, that's not going to work. <laughs> Atlas. Nope, that's not going to work either. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't know. I haven't. I'm not in that system anymore. So. Oh, you are, Scott. I, oh, I technically I am in the system. It's just I'm not using it to job hunt right now or in the foreseeable future i'm not so yeah so bizarre so bizarre but it made me think about the idea of performance reviews because i know some churches do them some churches don't and i thought Mm -hmm. maybe this is a good topic to kind of really dive into the wonderful world of performance reviews for churches so Mm -hmm. micah have you ever worked at churches where they did performance reviews and have you ever had a performance review and what was that like for you? Um, yes and yes. I also yes want to say yes. that I um, I work at Miami University in higher education and they also mm-hmm. have um, performance reviews. Uh, I think they do them I think it's just once a year or maybe uh, twice a year, like every six months or so. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I find it, you know, I want to circle back to this uh, idea of performance reviews, but like I have one recently, I want to say in June or July, and um, I sat down with my boss and my boss's boss, and we just kind of went through things. And like, I get nervous in this situation, Scott, I don't know about you, but I usually get super nervous or anxious anytime I have to go to, to any of those things. Like, uh, it, I think it's a mindset of like just being a musician my whole life and and getting nervous before going on stage and 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 knowing that you're going to be performing in front of people. Like, I think that that realization comes to life when I go into a situation like a performance room, for example, or um, a meeting uh, with with bigger stakes, you know, like a board meeting or. Uh, a meeting at work that you know you're going to be presenting or you know even like we were talking about school a little bit ago with like um presentations um you know i if if i'm not nervous i feel like there's something wrong however um a couple of months back i i I did a a staff eval and i was super nervous but like i work with some of the sweetest people on the planet and they're like you literally have nothing to be nervous about and so i got like literally satisfactory across the board right I even got a thousand dollar bonus. Right. And it was one of the first times in my life where I felt really validated because like, I just, they trust me to do my job. Right. And I just feel comfortable there. Like I could go find another job and do something else with my life if I wanted to. And they, they've even encouraged me to apply for jobs. They've even, even encouraged me to go interview for other jobs, like within the university. Right. And they said they would do references for me and, you know, an X, Y, Z. 
super supportive, right? And that's I think that's the model that we should um should live by. Um and in your friend's case, Scott, like I think it's uh you know, that's incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like uh my boss when I had that review, um put it on the calendar the week before. Hey, we're gonna meet next Wednesday. Uh we're just gonna talk about your review. We're gonna be in and out and done in 20 minutes. Like they were like, I had to fill out a form of like goals that I had for my job. And then they had a side of the, the form where they filled it out. And then we just sat down and I think we were done in 15 or 20 minutes. Right. So like, it's, um, it's crazy um, to think that your friend waited three weeks to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Um, in reference to churches, it's kind of funny um, that you texted me and said, Hey, we're going to do this over the weekend. My wife and I were kind of like, Scott, you just moved, so you probably know about this, but like we're going through like closets and we're going through, you know, things like, you know, old boxes and cleaning out our garage before the weather gets completely cold and we can't do it anymore. But like we're just throwing stuff away. We're donating stuff to Goodwill. And so like I'm actually uh and you know, proof, right? I have files and papers right here, um, of old paperwork from some of the churches I used to work at, and some of those include staff evaluations hmm. <laughs> which i think ironically enough uh for the topic that we we're talking about today but like um do i think they're necessary i i, I want to lean more on the side of no um because i feel like it, it you gave me the look i'm i'm saying <laughs> no beca- no because like um if you're working alongside these people and like you're holding each other accountable every step of the way. I don't know if you need to have those kind of reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns into more of a to-do list and it turns into more of a, a gripe session and time that you don't have because there are higher stakes in life and in ministry, especially um, than to sit down for two or three hours and talk about what you could do or what you could do better. I, I'm more a fan of the approach to like, let's walk alongside somebody and talk through stuff and, you know, hold each other accountable versus, oh, this is paperwork. Is that a, is that a sort of, um, is that a kind of performance review? I mean, I think it is. Yeah, Um, I'd say so. Yeah. So uh, in in reference to churches, I've had, I was talking to somebody about it the other day, but like uh, more recently in the last couple of years, the the church I worked at in Cincinnati um, in 2020 and 2021 Um, I was there six months and they gave me this like updated job description and they gave me all these dates of things that they wanted things changed and changed by and the dates that they wanted them changed by. Um, I don't think it changed my job description. However, it just was like additional responsibilities and it was kind of weird because Scott, you've, you know, worked at smaller churches and you work, I don't know how big the church you're at now, but like, uh, office hours and and times when you're in the office can be a little bit more fluid uh, just based on need. And, you know, you have kids and your situation and your wife's, you know, working on her, her degree right now and almost Mm -hmm. finished with that. But like, so you have to be a little bit more flexible with your time. Um, And then obviously if you're working on Sundays, you know, do you get a couple of days off during the week or or whatever? Right. So like, um, you know, this is still in the middle of COVID and they were really like, hyper focused on the fact that, you know, I came in early and left early versus working 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. or 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., which was their office hours. And they were closed on Mondays. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really seem to be flexible in that respect, even though it was during COVID and people were working at home still. And, you know, I was still getting the job done. Um, yeah. It was it was kind of a weird time to even be doing ministry because you didn't know what it was going to look like in six to eight months. Right. Yeah. And so anyway, mm-hmm. long story short, that church, you know, obviously didn't work out and I'm not there anymore. But like it was like they were super particular about what you did and how you did it. And that was reflected on said performance review. Right. And they were and it, it almost felt like they were being nitpicky. Um, the church before that that I worked at, they uh, it seemed like the pastor focused more on staff evaluations than he did his own job. And it mm-hmm. became more of a, oh, I'm the lead pastor and I'm managing staff and I want to micromanage and I want to do performance evaluations as a part of my job. Mm-hmm. And then nobody can tell me how I'm doing, which yeah. is not right either. Right. So mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know, man, like it's just, I think maybe that's why I pushed back a little bit on the idea of performance reviews. Um, I think they're fine in the secular world, but in the ministry, like it just changes and evolves so much. Like I would rather take the approach of walking alongside people and holding them accountable versus having them quarterly or six months, every six months or a year or whatever, however people do it these days. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I mean, I'm, my face wasn't like, Oh, you don't like performance reviews. How dare you? Like, no, nothing like that. But I think what, I think when it comes to performance reviews, you're going to have to ask the question, what's, what's the purpose of these? I think that's mm. going to have to be the first thing because, like, like you said, like the idea of why can't we just have, you know, an elder or the elder team just kind of be mentoring, and if you're doing ministry together, life together, everyone's participating, they're going to know what you're doing, and if there's any blind spots, hopefully they would, you know, say, "Hey, here's a blind spot. Let's you know fix it." And I think that was when I was working in Northeast Ohio. Um, you know, we didn't. I didn't have a performance review when I worked it. I mean, I didn't have a performance review when I worked at camp. I didn't have a performance review when I was doing an internship, both as a counselor and even as a pastoral intern, um, and even as a pastor in Northeast Ohio. I didn't have performance reviews. However, if there are some blind spots or something, you know, that we talk about it in a board meeting, or the head elder sometimes, if it was in the moment, he was very good at just saying, "Hey." kind of notice something what's up and and would say something and we talk about it and and then we we got on the same page and it was fine or it's like oh i didn't really or again working by vocational sometimes when you're working two other jobs and then preaching sometimes you can slur your words or you can miss or someone can interpret something where you misspoke and someone can get the different impression of what you said so it's like oh well i need to go and that's not what I meant. So I, I, so I have to go correct that. So I think that's good. When I was in Virginia, didn't have a performance review until probably maybe 2016, 2017 is when I first started getting a performance review, which was weird because like they haven't done them in a long time. And all of a sudden I'm starting to get them. And I don't know where this came from or why they thought it was a good idea, but for the most part, the the concept, at least the initial concept was, this is just a way to kind of, here's these certain areas that we as a elder board want to kind of look and see where Pastor Scott's, you know, doing well or falling short and try to, you know, help supplement or say, okay, you're falling short in these areas. What can we as a board helps? And that was the initial um, 
And then it got to the point where towards the end, it was almost like, here's the things you're doing good. Here's the things you're not doing so great. Um, and then I would, and there's sometimes where I would speak up and say, well, here's the problem. The problem is, is I'm doing everything and I really need people to step up and take some of this load off me. And then when I would mention that, usually the conversation would be like, well, I don't know anybody who would do that, or uh, I don't know if I can do it, or I can do this, or I can do that. And it's like, well, I'm letting you know what I need. And if you guys can't supply the need, then I'm not just going to drop it because it's something that has to be done at the church, you know? So it's stuff like, and then I think after a while, it just kind of became more of a thing for judgment. Well, you're not mm -hmm. doing this. Or sometimes you could have a board member say, oh, I think Pastor Scott's doing well in this. And another board member can go, oh, Pastor Scott's doing horrible in this. And it's like, okay, where's the disconnect now? Because I have one person give me a five. I have one person give me a one. It brings my average to a three. Where's the disconnect? So sometimes I would ask questions. And sometimes I couldn't get straight answers, too. So part of me goes, what? okay, then what is... And again, I think going back to what you said, if you're truly doing life together with people in the church and people are there and they know what you're doing and they're very responsive to that, then there really is no need for a performance review. So I don't have an issue with a performance review per se, but what's the purpose of it? I mean, if this is a, if you do bad, you're going to get fired, then I don't think that's a good way of doing it. If it's just a way to help for an elder board to kind of help find blind spots that a pastor has and how they can kind of fill that gap, then I'm all for it. I'm all for that too. And then just doing it in more of an official way. So then that way a pastor can kind of see where, at least for the elder board, see where the pastor is and then any adjustments or changes they need to make to try to be a better pastor. I think a performance review is simply that, you know, if it's, if someone's lacking something in performance, then what's the church going to do to help with that lacking or help with that gap? Because again, we're pastors, we can't do it all. So obviously the things we can't do well, somebody has to come along beside us and do that. And I think of Moses, you know, God gave Moses Aaron and Miriam to kind of help do ministry because Moses couldn't do it on all his own. Even Jethro was like, dude, you're going to kill yourself if you keep trying to settle all these disputes. Find some elders, find some people who you think are very good and godly, and appoint them to handle some of these disputes. And you just really handle the main ones, but these petty stuff, have someone else do it because you don't need to deal with all that. And I think well, that's. invested kind of, in Joshua. Yeah, you have to invest in the Joshua and the Caleb too. Yeah. Yeah. The younger so guys. A, and then Joshua, also, I mean, Joshua took the mantle as soon as Moses died. So, I mean, but I don't think Joshua could have done that if Moses didn't invest in him. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, um, I think too, like, if I could circle back really quick to the, yeah. like the higher education piece, like, I think one of the models that really helps us, and, and, and I've done this in other churches too, churches and higher ed, but like, you know, we're having weekly team meetings. We're having one-on-one -on -one meetings with our supervisors. We're checking in with our coworkers regularly. Like we see these people most days from eight to five, like on the regular, right? And so, um, and even in churches that I've interned at or worked at as an interim or, or, or whatever, uh, we would have regular staff meetings and then I would have one-on-ones with, with, with pastor. And um, that just, it keeps communication open, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, yeah. It just, so uh, just to, to go along with what you're saying about like, you know, if you're doing life with these people, then there's no reason that you can question, I guess their work or where they're worth in that matter, because it's, it becomes it, it becomes pretty sticky. And my wife is a supervisor in her job, and it's like she hates it. She dreads it every single year. She has to do performance reviews for her staff, and she's like, you know, I have amazing staff, but I still have to do them as a part of my job, and I dread it every year. But um, nobody likes performance reviews. Yeah. <laughs> what do you Absolutely. um? Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say anything. No, I was going to say what. So, what do you think? you know, is, is the best way or the best practice in, in a church setting for, you know, quote unquote performance reviews. Do you think it should be just between the lead pastor and his staff? Do you think it should be between the lead pastor and the elders? Do you think it should be between the elders and staff or do you like, and to take a step further, what is the, what is the best uh, model for that so that people don't feel the way that your friend did? Yeah, I'd say if you're going to do a performance review, I feel like two things are key. First of all, I'm all about transparency. Mm -hmm. So I don't want like if I'm going to have a meeting with my staff or a performance review of my staff, I'm not going to go and talk to the elder board. And then the elder board's going to do that with my staff. And then I'm going to kind of be out of it. Like, no, I'm going to talk to my staff about it. And I would hope that they would have the same courtesy to say, Hey, you know, I think that, you know, pastor, sometimes you don't communicate well, or sometimes there's things you send that I need to get printed off for the bulletin or get stuff for the slides that you don't send me till, you know, Friday. And really I need that Wednesday, you know, those sort of things. So it's like, okay, you know, I think that on open and honest communication is something that can be talked about. The second thing is if you're going to do a performance review with another person, I don't think, I don't think you should ever tell the person that you are doing a performance review not to be in the room. I feel like that because already you have already created a culture where things are secret and you again eliminate transparency and you break that trust and you break the trust because then at the same time like well then who do i trust on my team if if i'm being told i need to leave the room so that everyone can have gossip hour about the bad about what pastor scott does then that's not good that's well if those elders are supposed to be brothers and sisters in christ who you believe yeah. You know, you're supposed to do life with and walk alongside with and people that you can go to and ask questions, mm-hmm. the deep and hard questions in ministry to, uh, why would you get asked to leave the room? Exactly. And I think, I think it becomes a power I, trip more than anything. Or at it least is it's like, it's a, it's a power trip or maybe it's just more of the sensitivity. Well, we don't want, we want people to be able to speak freely without the pastor being there. But at the same time, if the pastor is living Christ-like, and the pastor is showing the character of Christ and showing humility and not getting very egotistical or narcissistical or anything like that, then you can have those open and honest conversations with them and not feel like that they have to leave the room or other people have to leave the room. Um, So, and then I would say the thing is that, again, what's the purpose of this performance review? If it's to help a pastor grow in their ministry and to help the 
leadership grow in the support, then that should be the purpose. So if there is a season where pastors having a down season, instead of saying, hey, last year you were at a five, now you're at a two, you know, let's let's get it together. Like, really, I think that should be telling of going, okay, something's going on with Pastor Scott. Let's go and talk with them and say, hey, we noticed that your numbers are down or, you know, your things are down. Like, is everything okay? What's going on? And kind of the reassurance that, hey, you can trust us. We're here for you. If you're struggling with something, we as a church are here to support you. That's here to build you up to help you and assist you in any ways. So if you are struggling with something, we want to say, okay, you're struggling with this. Maybe whatever that may be, maybe you do need to take time off. Maybe we as an elder board drop the ball. We need to pick it up and pick up some slack or maybe, you know, or even encourage the pastor. Hey, if you know some people in the church that you think are good fits, ask them to do it. And if they can't do it, then, Maybe that's something that we as an elder board have to say, well, we're not going to do this ministry anymore. Because if it's taking too much time out of your hand or it's too much stuff, then we're just not going to do it. We're going to do well, something else so that we eliminate that extra load on you. Or even if the case that, hey, you're dealing with an addiction of some sort, you know, maybe you need to take a leave of absence just to go get help. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we recommend that you go see a counselor, someone who's, you know, not a person from church who's a counselor, but someone outside the church, someone to go talk to some stuff about and try to, you know, see if you get better. And I think that's going to go a long way instead of saying like, oh, well, you got a bad review. So we're going to now talk about if you're still going to be the pastor or not. I think that's kind of, again, I think if you're, if that's the purpose of a performance review, then that just gives a ground to grow a lot of weeds and a lot of disdain for people to air their grievances about everything wrong that pastors, all the wrong stuff that pastor's doing in the hopes that, well, we can get rid of this pastor and try to get someone else or get rid of this pastor because they're invading in the people's power. And we want our power because it's not because again, churches don't have to deal with power trips, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) But but back to like, I and I don't know what your your friend's situation is as far as like, is si, he work? What's his role? A lead pastor. Okay. Um, I don't know if he's associate or um, I don't know how big his church is or 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 things like that. But like, you know, even Scott, you were mentioning, you know, during your time uh, in Virginia, like the the idea of expecting one man or one woman to do it all is just absolutely crazy. Um mm-hmm. and you know, the, it's hard enough to have the weight of the world, so to speak, on your shoulders, you know, and trying to write 52 sermons a year, um, trying to, you know, write small group curriculum, uh, trying to plan events. And, and and this is all in the circumstance, you know, in the circumstance if you are leading a smaller to mid-sized congregation where you can't afford additional staff, um, that's where volunteers and, and and elders need to step up and be the church. Um, and, you know, my wife will be the first to tell you that like one person knowing a lo- everything is the most dangerous thing you can do in leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means simply just write it down, 
Like, recruit volunteers. Teach them how to do things. Walk alongside them. They're not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect, and that's okay. Um, and I think to go along with that, I think that's why so many pastors and leaders walk away and get burned out because they just they just feel like there's just this preconceived notion that they have to do everything. And if not, they're going to get a quote-unquote performance review. And usually those end up in feeling like, hey, I'm not welcome here anymore. I need to, you know, like you said, Scott, look for another job or post a, you know, a resume or throw some resumes out there just to see and make sure that I'm in the right place. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a super sad situation that I feel like it needs to be remedied. Um, and I think there's so many, so many churches that need good leadership and then don't have it. Um, and they're missing the mark because they're stuck in the ideology of, you know, Hey, step out in the hallway, kid. We got it. Mm -hmm. Like you're not bringing that person along. How old your friend? Older than me. So I'm probably 42, 43. But like, even then, you know, like sometimes you're, you know, there's this whole generational thing that we talk about, but like they're, you know, he may be in a room of elders that are like in their, their fifties or in their sixties, people that are older than he, he is. And, um, you know, there's that intimidation factor. There's that we know better than you factor. There's, you know, this is what I would do factor. And then like, it's no wonder pastors want to leave the ministry all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, and I'm not saying like, no, don't do performance reviews. And I'm not saying don't do some sort of accountability, but like, because, you know, God knows we all need that. And God knows we all need that. You know, we need to walk alongside and do life together. But like, in the situation that your friend found himself in, like, that's just not okay because, you know, I, I can't imagine the anxiety and the, the anguish that went alongside that because, yeah, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. it's, uh, um, it's a bit, um, I don't know. It's, it's a struggle and, um, it breaks my heart to see, so many young leaders and pastors go through that even now. Like, and I say that even now, like uh, somebody who's in their mid thirties, like I have grown up in the church and I've seen the church and I've mm -hmm. worked in the church. And there's times where I'm like, what are we doing? How is this yeah. work by God? Mm -hmm. and, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Scott, it's not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, and I think that's the big thing because I feel like with the amount of pressure that pastors have, from outside the church walls, mm -hmm. within the church walls, families, and everything else, the last thing you need with all the pressures and dealing, trying to navigate through all that stuff, and even their own personal stuff, is to have this performance review kind of be like this guillotine that's going to drop on your head and you don't know if it's just going to stop midway or if someone's going to shoot the rope or, or if someone's going to, or it's going to go all the way down and off with your head. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's something that I think that again, if you clearly lay out the purpose of why you're having a performance route and what it's supposed to do, then you need to stick to it. And if the performance review is something that is not kingdom like or not biblical, then get rid of it. Don't use it. You don't need a performance review. And maybe 
for some of the elders, they need to kind of get up off their butts and actually start doing life and stop feeling like, well, we're just going to sit around and talk about things and not really do life with the pastor that we are say that we support. But in actuality, we don't. We just want to have control and power over that pastor with our performance review. Yeah, um, I think it's funny, you know, we're talking about um, performance reviews slash pastors and leadership. I like I said, I was going through stuff in, in our house and I actually found this book that I got a couple of years ago called Leadership Prayers mm-hmm. by um, Richard Kriegbaum. And it I, I flipped open the page just to see if I had bookmarked or written any notes in it while we were talking. And um, it flipped right open to the chapter entitled Weariness. And it talks about um, uh, I'm weary of the adversary, weary of the relentless expectations and weary of not having a life outside of my outside of the organization. I'm weary of explaining things over and over and weary of acting cheery and positive when I feel tired and confused. Mm. It was not always this way. Once the effort felt joyous and even exhilarating, I think, I think it can be that way again. And I can learn from the spirit, how to walk humbly with you rather than proudly ahead of you. Please give me all the strength I need to lead well. And I will be content with that. I will not try to force the results I want. I confess I'm worn out. My God, my spirit is weary. I need your renewing strength. And so many pastors like and leaders feel that, right? And they don't need the pressure of like, oh, here's performance review. And like, I feel like, do you feel like they, that leadership uh, teams, uh, elder boards, you know, management hold that stuff over people's heads? I think so. I mean, whether it's positive or negative or whether they realize it's positive or negative or like, I, I don't know, man, like I, I get such anxiety thinking about like those kind of things. And I stated that at the top of this episode as we kind of wrap it up. But like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I get anxiety thinking about it. I can't imagine like feeling like, oh, Scott, I got your performance review here. Remember, we're doing that Thursday, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> adding uh, that pressure. Yeah. And I think and I mean, I think if anything doing an annual review is bad because here's the thing if you and it goes back to your earlier point in this when we start talking about this topic if you see something a misstep that the pastor's doing say something because it's kind of hard because again that's the thing or at least the problems i would always have i have an annual review and people say oh yeah there's this time where this happened i'm like okay when did that happen and what was the situation because clearly i don't have any recollection of what that was or any clue, or I may have a different side of the story than that. And then when you ask the questions and I go, Oh, well, I don't know. And again, everyone's kind of being secretive because no one wants to admit, well, this is why I said this. And here's what I saw. Like if you're not being transparent in your review, then you don't need to have one because then it just becomes, it becomes a weapon to abuse and bludgeon a pastor and your church staff and that's and i'm not for that right yeah so things we got to work on exactly it's things we got to work on and i think for those of you who are listening maybe you're a pastor and you have a performance review and you're just like man yeah that performance review is like a guillotine. I hate it every time when i come up because i don't really know or maybe you're somebody who does performance reviews and you say hey 
here's kind of a very kingdom centric way of doing things. And I feel like that it's been very beneficial and helpful. And here's kind of, we're doing it. We would like to hear your thoughts on these performance reviews. So uh, feel free to leave a comment on wherever you're listening to this podcast. Feel free to go to my website, thescottstedman.com. Shoot me an email. And, you know, if you shoot me an email or a comment, we'll definitely read them. Um, We'll definitely read them on our next podcast to kind of talk a little bit more about, you know, are performance reviews good for you or are they kind of a pain in the butt for you in your ministry context? So, friends, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll be back on next week with a new episode. Take care. (laughs) 